Welcome to the Baseline Community Church Podcast. So uh, last week, uh, Jeff preached and did just a wonderful job on, uh, on verse 4. And at, at verse 4 of Psalm 23, there is a, a turn that happens. It's, a, it's actually a turn of intimacy, I believe, um, Before that, it was always, he does this, he does this, he does this. But in verse 4, it's you. There's a greater sense of intimacy. And that intimacy will now continue as we um, move into verse 5, which again, is is, this is all very well known. But here's what David writes. He says, you, speaking to the Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So there are a couple different ways that uh, Bible scholars and com- people that write commentaries think about this verse. The first is that it continues the theme of the shepherd and the sheep, and that the shepherd has taken the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death, and he continues leading them kind of up the mountain and into the higher elevations. And uh, up there, they find these kind of flat-topped plateaus, which are sometimes called tables where we get the word mesa. And uh, the shepherd then up there prepares this table for his sheep. He, he watches out for the enemies that might be around and all of that. It's a place where he has weeded out any of the poisonous plants and he's prepared pools of water so that they would have what they need. A shepherd would then put oil onto the sheep to heal any, um, any place where they've been harmed or anything like that. It would also protect them from any pests that might be there. The difficulty with the verse, though, is that it's difficult to imagine a sheep holding onto a cup. Um, that's one that doesn't go very well with this sort of way, which leads us to the second way that people look at this and the way that I'll look at it today is that it shifts in this verse. Then now the scene shifts from a shepherd and a sheep to a gracious host who has invited you to a banquet. That the host has prepared a, a table with delicious food and drink, that the host anoints the guest's head as they come in with perfumed oil, and that he serves this meal with great generosity. The first point is, right, that the Lord has prepared a table, that the Lord is one who prepares, and that's a sign of great care and concern that the Lord has for us. So uh, right after... uh, Nancy and I were just newly married, and we got invited by my, old, my Young Life area back in Palos Verdes to come back for a fundraiser. It was a silent auction. Um, those of you that don't know what a silent auction is, it's, there's a whole bunch of items and things that you can bid on, and you have a number, and you write your number, and you bid, put it down in a dollar amount, and then somebody might come up behind you and put more dollars, and it's a way that you raise money for um, this organization. Now, uh, silent auctions... Uh, bring together two things that are very near and dear to my wife's heart. The first is that it's for a good cause and a ministry that she really believes in and wants to support and loves that. The second thing is that it involves shopping. Now, and so, um, so we went to the silent auction, and, um, and it was great. It was fun. It was seeing a bunch of old friends. We're going around. She's bidding on stuff. Oftentimes when we go to silent auctions, my job is to follow behind her 
and if we out, if we, we have bid way too much, I'm scratch off our bid or something like that. Right? Is what I. But we we did okay. And and honestly, this was this was BK before kids. Okay. So we had a little bit more discretionary income before we spent everything we had on diapers and college tuition and things like that, right? So we had a little bit more. So there was, there was one item that we were both kind of excited about at this silent auction. And it was um, two passes to Disneyland with a lunch at a place called Club 33 at Disneyland. And so we like, I go, yeah, let's get that. So we, I don't know how much we ended up, but we ended up winning that prize at the um, silent auction. So we go to Disneyland. Club 33 is sort of this kind of exclusive club at Disneyland. The only way you can get in is if a member has um, made it possible for you to get in. So we went to Disneyland, had a good time. We got over. It's right near, um, you have to go to near New Orleans Square. And around noon was our res reservation for lunch. You just, there's just, it's a, it's a door, back then, I think they've changed it now, I'm not sure, but there was a door that had the 33 on it, and you just went up to that, and you pushed a buzzer, and they asked for your name, and they buzzed you in, and you went in, you go up this elevator to the second floor, and we walk in, and it's just beautiful. I mean, the, the tables all have white linens on them, the, the, it's one of those things where the, there's the napkins, and there's a bunch of forks and spoons and knives that you don't really know what you're supposed to do with, but it's like that. Our name was on the table there. They were waiting for us. They gave us the menus that didn't have any prices on them, you know, those type of places, and which was great because we weren't having to pay for it because we had won this at the auction. We did that. So it was really a great thing. So we're sitting there, and they start to bring the salad first, and you eat the salad, and and then they bring the entree, which was, I remember, was this really wonderful chicken with a, like a raspberry sauce on it. It was just wonderful. In between the entree and dessert, uh, the waiter came over and he brought, he had one of those little, um, like little fan, he, he brushed our, uh, our table off, all the crumbs into this little, yeah, I mean, it was really big time. And we're sitting up there and we're enjoying our meal, looking down on New Orleans Square and watching all the the common folks walking by with like their, their Dumbo dogs and their hamburger from the galactic place or whatever. And we're just enjoying this time up there. It was just remarkable. It was beautiful. But what it reminds me of in terms of connecting to this is that, that Club 33, they were prepared for us. They, they, it was a sign of care and concern. They knew we were coming and they wanted to make sure that that was the greatest experience we could have. And it was. It was just beautiful. It was really wonderful. And so the psalm says, you prepare a table before me. And, and God is the one who creates. God is the one who prepares. If you think about how he put this world together, the fact that our earth is the way it is and it's tilted at the exact percentage and it's the exact ways away from the sun and all that he has put into, all the thought and preparation God has put into this world. And, and he continues to do that, I believe, in our lives. That God continues to prepare for us. He continues to show care and concern for you and I. So I, I heard about this story this week. Um, Danny Wood, a lot of you know Danny, who's a part of our church. He recently has helped uh, two couples from China come over here to so they could couple up, they could start going to grad school at APU. 
and his organization helped find apartments for these two couples, but he needed to get furniture. So um, at Wednesday night at an event we were, well, Ken was talking about, uh, he was here, and he told uh, Rick Sanders, he just mentioned to Rick, hey, Rick, I've got these couples, I've got these apartments I've got, but I'm trying to find furniture. Rick's like, okay, well, I don't know where any will get anyone, but I'll think I'll keep that. So the next morning, Kathy Sanders gets a call from a friend of a friend of a friend who's calling about Casa Esperanza, which is a ministry that the Sanders are really involved with down in Ensenada. And this woman who called Kathy said, hey, I have a storage unit that's filled with furniture. Would you be able to give any of that to Casa Esperanza? And Kathy goes, you know what? We can't really take furniture down across the border. They stop us every time. Sorry about that. Just as she's hanging up, Rick comes out of the bedroom, goes, Danny, what needs furniture? So Kathy calls her back, and they get the furniture that they need for these two couples. See, I think that's God preparing things for us. Now, I don't believe that we're just puppets. I don't believe that we just kind of go through our life as a puppet and all that. But I believe God puts these opportunities in our place. And so often, unfortunately, and I'll just talk, speak for myself because that's all I can do is speak for myself, is that I think we miss what God has prepared for us because of our busyness, because we're distracted. You know those times where you think, you know what, I should text that person and thank them for what they did. Or you know what, I should um, contact that old friend I haven't talked to for a long time. Oftentimes we just let those things, those fleeting thoughts go. But I wonder if that isn't God preparing a way for us. That God's care and concern even shows itself in those ways. Here's some really great news about God's preparation for us. Jesus' words in John 14, he says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may be also where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. I'm going to prepare a place, Jesus says. That's the greatest news we have to hold on to in this day. Now, it says that you prepare a place, a table in the presence of my enemies. We'll, we'll come back to the enemies at the end. But then the Lord says that he, it says that he anoints our head with oil, and, th and that's a sign of honor and belonging. The anointing of your guest's head was commonplace in Jesus' day. Um, it would be pure olive oil mixed with some spices that were really expensive, and it is a sign that you belong in this room. I have invited you to be here. You are a part of what I want to happen in this banquet or at this meal. In the Old Testament, we see kings and, and prophets and priests who are anointed, and it's a, it's a symbol of honor that God puts on those people. And so the same is true for you and I, that God anoints our head with oil. And it's a symbol that he has accepted us, that we belong to him, that we are honored, actually, in his presence. I mean, imagine what it would be like to actually have your head anointed by the Lord. There's an, there's an intimacy there, a, a closeness. 
if you had any question whether you belonged there or not, those would be gone. That the Lord anoints our head with oil and says, you belong here. It's also a sign that the Lord is serving those people. Right? It's similar to Jesus washing his disciples' feet. That was another practice that would happen typically at every dinner that they had. Somebody would wash their feet. Somebody would anoint their heads with oil. And this psalm says that the Lord is the one who anoints our head with oil. He is serving us. Beautiful, beautiful picture. And, and then it continues with, it says that the Lord you fills our cup to overflowing. And it's just a sign of, of God's generosity towards us. You know, if you, ever, if you go through the scriptures, you just see how generous our God is to us. Uh, it says that Adam and Eve are placed in a beautiful garden. When the people of God come out of Egypt uh, through the Exodus, they're they are going to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. This overflow. The, the first, um, first miracle that Jesus ever does is, is at a wedding, right? And uh, they run out of wine, and his mom says, hey, they run out of wine. And Jesus says, well, what am I supposed to do? And she says, come on, just do it. And uh, he takes the jars that had been used for washing people's feet, and he turns that into wine. And then the wine is brought into the room, and the, and the maitre d' uh, tastes it and says, You've, this is the best wine, and looks at the, at the father of the bride and says, you have left the best wine till the end. And it's such a frivolous miracle. You ever thought about that? I mean, nobody is healed. Nobody is brought back from the dead. All that happens in that miracle is that wine is produced and a party continues. Again, the generosity of our God. And then when Jesus feeds 5,000 people with just a few fish and some loaves, they, they pick up the extras afterwards, and there's 12 basketfuls left over. The generosity of our God, that he fills our cup to overflowing, wasn't like, well, just let me give just a little bit. No, overflowing. Listen to these words in Isaiah 55. Come, all of you who are thirsty... Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and on your labor, on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and then your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. But did you catch that in the beginning, right? Come to all you that, you don't have any money, but just come and buy. You don't need money. The Lord will generously provide all that is needed. So we have this beautiful picture of a table that's prepared before you with the richest affair. Your head has been anointed with oil. There is more to eat and drink than you can possibly have. And it is really a beautiful picture of God's grace to us. And our response to this one verse can only be that of thankfulness and gratitude. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the table. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me that I belong. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving me so much that it's to overflowing. To constantly be people of thankfulness. That the first thing we do when we wake up should be, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for your goodness in my life. In the midst of everything that might be going wrong or the difficult things I'm facing, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And then the joy that we have can overflow into the lives of others, that the, the kindness that we experience from our Lord can be passed on in kindness to others, that the, the love we experience from our Lord can, can then be passed over into the others that we know, that, that the grace and the forgiveness that we've experienced from God can be then passed over into others. And that's that picture of my cup overflows that my life now becomes an overflow of what God's doing into the lives of others. And so that my life can affect Nancy's life and my kids' lives and the people I work with and people I meet on the street or whatever, that that is the way it's supposed to be. That we have such a generous God. That that's what he does. So he, it says that he uh, prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And you think, why would you invite your enemies to a banquet? You know, like I, if Nancy wants, says, hey, Don, your birthday's coming up. Let's have a party. Let, let's put a guest list together. Who really hates you right now? <laughs> let's invite those folks. It'd be like, why would you want them there? There's lots of people. But David says, no, my, my enemies are there at this banquet. And, um, and here's the thing. When, when I live my life the way that we talk about in this psalm, where God is the one that provides everything I need, when, when I know that I am in the presence of God and I experience safety and security, and, and he has provided everything that I need uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and even relationally, then I can be in the presence of my enemies. And there's been so much, right, in these last few years that has caused us to experience division. There's so much that divides us that had divides communities and even divides families and there's division in the workplace and at school. Uh, it's divided friendships and even churches. And though none of us probably would say it out loud, there are people that we think right now are our enemies because of the way they think. And that they're just different than we are. And David says, those are the people that should be at this banquet. And it's because Jesus said once, remember, that we are to love our enemies. And partially why this is true, and one of the more important things, is that he says that to us because it's good for us to love our enemies as much as it is good for them to experience that love. Because one of the greatest obstacles to living a life without lack, is our inability to forgive. 
We hold on to pain and hurt and bitterness. And what we don't realize is that as we hold on to that, it holds on to us. And it keeps us from experiencing the fullness of life. So Dallas Willard has this wild quote in the book that, that I've been reading. He says this, I imagine that David, lacking nothing and realizing that he certainly does not deserve this kind of divine accommodation, stops and serves his enemies, offering them food and drink and inviting them into the fellowship of the shepherd's sufficiency. Having been served, he is free to serve. That, that what ultimately happens when we experience the Lord as our shepherd, as the one who provides and guides and protects and restores us, when we experience the Lord as a gracious host who prepares and welcomes and then generously serves, when that is how we've experienced our Lord, my needs are met. My physical needs, my spiritual needs, my emotional needs, and my relational needs. And then I'm freed up to serve others and to love others. And to allow my life to actually be an overflow of that grace of what God is doing in my life. So that's why I think the enemies are there. Because it's a place where you can ex give and experience forgiveness. You can give and experience grace. And because the shepherd has met your every need, you no longer need to hold on to bitterness and hurt. We can let that go. So as we end here, Jesus is inviting you to a banquet. Here's what he says. Jesus says in Matthew 22, it's a parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. And in Luke's similar passage, it talks about people having excuses. Oh, I can't come. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And so often I think we look at this parable and these words of Jesus and we think that it's say, hey, Jesus is inviting me one time to come to this banquet. That it's all about me getting into heaven. But I was thinking this week, what if, and I, I believe this, Jesus invites you to a banquet every day. Not just a one-time thing, but every morning you, when you wake up, Jesus says, come to the banquet. I've prepared the table. You belong here. I want to pour so much into your life that it overflows into the lives of others. Every day is a banquet that the Lord has called you to. So can you imagine yourself sitting there 
before a table that he's prepared for you. Can you imagine the Lord placing his hands on you and, and putting anointing oil on your head as a sign of honor and belonging? Can you imagine the Lord filling your cup with blessing after blessing till where it's overflowing and then being able to love and care for others because of what God's done in your own life? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's the life Jesus wants for us. And we're going to take communion here in a moment just as kind of a, a sign of us being invited to that banquet that he has brought, it, brought to us. And as Kyle will lead us through a song, I just encourage you to think through, what is it in your life that's maybe an obstacle to truly experiencing all that God wants you to experience? Do you really believe that each day is a banquet that he has set for you? That each day he wants to lead you and guide you into that. That every day can be that for us as we follow the good shepherd. So let me pray for us. Lord, take these moments and uh, remind us that you are our good shepherd. And uh, we, we just pray, Lord, in, in this moment as we sing, as we think about words of a song, uh, that you, Lord, would... Meet us where we're at and help us to see, Lord, that you do provide for us physically and spiritually, emotionally and relationally. And help us to be people of grace, that we would experience your grace in our life and then also be able to give that grace to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Baseline Community Church, please go to BaselineCC.com.